Okay, um, today is um, Yuteshvat, um, which it happens to be it's on a Friday, so it's good for us because it's Rebelsky's yard site. Um, so instead of our regular Friday things that we do, I'm going to do, I'm going to, I pick 10 things to talk about, um, something that he gave have to do with kashas. Um, I didn't, I didn't pick things that had nothing to do with kashas, like how he multiple times tried to explain to me why he thought it was okay for me as a client to travel on LL, even though they have dead bodies on it. Um, even if I understood what he said, he tried many times um, to explain it to me. Um, but I'm going to take with Kasha's things. And I picked, for me, at least it was easiest, um, his his name, as you know, is literally hundreds of times in my farm. So I picked one from each safer, one sock, just as a way of making, being broad and, you know, all over the place. Um, and you'll see, as we go through it, um, different aspects of the way he looked at things. Um, one is he had this special affinity for Mishnahis and Zerayim Tyrus, um, which he knew backwards and forwards like lots of other things. Um, he was very hands-on. Um, he integrated with his being Rosh Shiva. You think, you know, Rosh Shiva and Paisik and Kashas don't go together, but that you'll see that also. And some the logic and creativity and the down-to-earth way he answered childs. Okay, so I'm going to go through ten things. Um, the first like this. For each one of them, oh, I'm sorry, one more thing. One, each of them, we're gonna. I, I'm picking things that are not controversial, not not things that are like you know, the the world thinks otherwise of this and that. Reasonably uh, straightforward things, if I can, uh, and I'll tell you a little bit what other people might think also. But we're focusing on what he said. Okay, so we'll start like this. The first one. Um, if a someone is a mummer, um, he doesn't do mitzvahs. Um, so for many dinim, he's not considered yid. Um, for all kinds of dinamis. And Pais can talk about what, what happens, whether that, what do we do about a person like that? Okay, so there's a Tveris Lamosha who says that when he makes food, it's not Pasakum. He says because the whole concern of Pasakum is uh, maybe you'll marry his daughter because it's of Chasnas. His daughter is Jewish. There's nothing wrong with marrying his daughter. Okay, that's, that's one side. And the other side, of course, is that it's a light plug. Once Chazal said, you can't eat bread baked by a guy. And if this person halachically is considered to be a guy, so then he is. We don't think about the details. We don't think, say, oh, maybe, maybe this person has no children, then you can, a guy has no children, you can marry, you can buy his pasit akum. That doesn't make any sense. Once a chazam in Isra, you think there'll be an Isra. So one of the rias is that the din is by stamyayin also, if, if there's a, a guy who's not over the void zara, so there's no Isra of, no chashash of void zara, there's just a chashash of chasnas, there's certain wines that are also just because of chasnas. Uh, over there, the Mechaber says, um, that you can't drink the wine from a mummer. Okay, so you see that even if it's only a concern of chasnas, a mummer is considered a guy for those dinim. And for that, Rebelsky said, he said, no, he says that's a special chumr for Yitzhak Yain. It's not, it's not a regular, for all other cases like that. And therefore, Rebelsky thought, um, Rebelsky thought uh, that you could be makel about that. Um, I'm sorry, that you could be makel about that, as is Ramosha. Okay, but lots of other chronim help otherwise. What is that? They're testing the system. Oh, okay, fine. Now, the two other parts that are relevant to this to the Shaila are first is um, you probably well know the Binyan Sin and the Chazanish following afterwards who said is that the people nowadays who don't keep Torah mitzvahs, a lot of those people don't qualify as a mummer. <laughs> lots of. <laughs> 
lots of those people don't qualify as a mumar because they're a tinnik shanishma. They never knew better. They're not. They're not what the din calls as a mumar. That's what lots of people know. But the other part is, is that Rabelsky said he said you know this whole shaila. He says it, it's true that there are situations where it applies. He says, but think about people in hashkacha has no shaychas. He says because one, um, it, one of the. Uh, a person who isn't sharm and mitzvahs, a person who doesn't keep kosher, that person has no nemonis. So whether the person is kosher or not kosher to make food pasi so whether technically he can or can't, has nothing to do with it because we won't trust him that he actually did the work. Okay, and as an example of that, as an example of that, I was once walking into a factory. It was not on the hashkacha. I was walking with the mashgiach, who's the ravamachshe for that hashkacha. I said to him, "How do you make the food bishri so?" There was a bishri so question. He says, "Oh." Uh, you know, uh, John, who's there, is the one who takes care of Bishri Yisrael. So I said, he's Jewish? He said, yeah, he's not from, but he's, he's, he's the one who does all the cooking. He does every co- all the cooking, so therefore it's Bishri Yisrael. I said, okay, well, let's see what happens. It's a little strange, but okay. We walk, and there's like five people walking there. They so say, you say, John, you, you, you turned on the fires? You, you lit up, face, whatever they had to do to make the cooking? He says, no, I was busy today, so I asked Jose to take care of it for me. You know what I mean? Because he was doing it. I mean, he has no nemonis. He doesn't mean anything to him. So you're counting on him to make it past his show. That was Rabelsky's angle. Was he said is, let's, so in your house, it could be in the game. A person has someone in the house who's, 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 who's doesn't keep mitzvahs, and that person would cook. Then we could think about the shayla is that person passes his holes and not passes his all. He says, but in fact, we said, he said, no shaykhs, because we wouldn't trust the person. Whether it's din, in din, considered pasis or not pasis, sort of wasn't involved. It was the gift. Let's say it's hard to get to the machine. Yes, if you're watching, I said, or in your house, right. it's more negate to happen. Question. Does it make it pasi or just doesn't it make it pasi Is there something in the middle? Pasta. I, I, pasta. The, no. peop, the no. people who talk it's about it. It's still pasi arkum. It begs by itself. Yeah, but some people are mad. Pasta. 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 Then we would look at who did other parts of it. Who put the dough in? Who did? There, in other words, are, the, the lighting, the fire, isn't the only thing that has, that happens that would qualify. If the if the guy put put all the food together and put it together, everything. If it's kaya, okay, okay, let's go on. Okay, num, number two. It's not a problem. I want to make some pasta. I'm saying, it's not pasta. Okay, so uh, next, next. Um, this is something about, you probably, you may know lots of these things I'm going to say, for all I know. Okay, okay next is, there's two uh, basic ways of deciding how to decide if something is matzoy or not matzoy. <laughs> we only check for things that are matzoy. We don't, we don't check carrots to, to see if they have bugs in them because it's so rare that they have them. We check lettuce because it's matzoy. Okay, so there's two different ways, two basic ways of looking at how to decide what matzoy is. So, uh, Rabelsky and Ravazner thought of it that the way you decide whether something is matzoy or not is you say, if you, if you see the bug in this place, would you be surprised to see that? Okay, if I found the bug in the carrot, I would be very surprised. If I opened up an apple and there was a bug, it was like, oh my gosh, what a strange thing. If I find the bug in lettuce or celery, I'm not surprised by that. It happens all the time. Because I'm not surprised by that. So that's much or not much. Is, is it a surprise or not a surprise? Okay. And the second sheet, the other sheet, is others. It comes from a Mishnah Yaakov, it comes from a Gemara. That Motzi is, is this mathematical formula that if it happens more than 10% of the time, then that's considered Motzi. And if it's less than 10% of the time, then it's not Motzi. Okay? So, so for example, um, okay, so, so the, 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 within that shile of Motzi, I'm, I'm going to explain you that other side, but we'll get back to Rebelsky in a second. That, that other, this side that you go by, um, whether, 
<coughs> whether it's 10%, there's two versions of how to look at that. It's hard to know which one is more humble, which one is more calm. I'm going to talk about that in a second. <laughs> That's correct. So, um, so <coughs> Rabelsky himself said, and Rabbi Yashav thought, that we look at that, we're looking at the vegetable. So it is, does the vegetable have bugs in it more than 10%? So let's say we have uh, five heads of lettuce, <coughs> we, have fi- we have five heads of lettuce, and if there's a bug in those five heads of lettuce, then it's matzah. Because five he- head, it's one in five. Okay, that's considered matzah. And Rav Shachta said, we don't look at the, we don't care the, the lettuce doesn't mean anything. We care for the person's going to be over anything for eating it. So we don't care whether the lettuce has bugs in it. We care if the person, meaning we should look at, does one in every ten servings have a bug in it? Okay, we don't care about the, the, the lettuce. What does it mean that the lettuce has bugs in it? We care about the person. So if those five have heads of lettuce will serve 30 people, so then one bug in 30 in 30 servings is not matzah. Okay, and the other way of looking at it is we look at the head of lettuce. This head, it's a five heads, and one bug in five heads. So these heads, are, it is matzah to have bugs in them. Okay, now. Yeah, the, they call it a it, For 100%. It 100% does. And, and yeah, those. Raisins, it's, uh, so, so what I'm going to say, that side that you look at servings has lots of problems. Okay, that has problems, whichever way we look at it, it has problems with it. Because if we're going to say we're going to look at, when I gave you a head of lettuce, so that seemed pretty nice. Okay, a lettuce is, is, seems like a, like a thing. And what happens if we have <coughs> um, raspberries? So is it one in every ten raspberries? That's a bit cooler because there might not be a bug in every ten raspberries. Should we look at every pint of raspberries? How about if we have parsley? So you know, each, each piece, each uh, I don't know, sprig of parsley, is that one thing? Is it what they put in the store, they put into a bunch together? Well, how, do you, how are you going to make this unit up? And that lettuce, it's easy. A head of lettuce is a head of lettuce. We get it. We know what, what the piece is. But what's the piece when we're talking about other things that are very small? And what about the opposite when it's very big? Like you make cabbages. They make cabbages, a pack, cabbage could be 10 pounds worth of cabbage. So 10 pounds of cabbage could feed 20 people. If you have loads of people, how much cabbage can a person eat? So... So we say one cabbage, if you have only one, a bug in 10 cabbages, that's enough to feed 100 people. So we have one bug in, a, in 10 cabbages, that, that, that's not considered matzi. That, so these are questions from that side. And then from the serving side, we have the opposite questions, which is the other kinds of questions, which is, okay, some foods, there's more than one way to serve them. Okay, one time when we looked at, in, at basil, basil, we found it like this. There's this many bugs in basil, whatever the number was. And it turned out, if you use basil in pasta sauce, it was a bug in 80 servings. In salad dressing, it was in every 250 servings. In veggie burgers, it was one in every 300 servings. It has to do with how much, how much basil you put into each one of these things. How much is a serving of basil? And then there's a thing called, um, past, called pasta pesto. It's almost completely basil. Okay? There was a bug in every single serving of it. Okay? It's the same percent, same uh, ratio you know, per pound there were this many. But the servings, well, there's different ways to serve the same food. So you say, I'm going to look by servings. Well, how many... How many servings are, how many, how do we measure these servings? Okay. So all of that, all of these questions push us back to what Rabelsky said, which was, we should look at it, not to be so mathematical about it. And are you surprised? You're not surprised. If you find bugs in basil, no one's surprised when they find bugs in basil. Okay, no one's surprised by that. Okay, and in raspberries, when you find bugs in raspberries, no one thinks it's strange. There are bugs all over the place in raspberries. Well, surprised how many bugs though. It doesn't have to do with it. It's not in how many. I'd be surprised it's a, to find a carrot. Ten, but maybe one. I'm not saying. No, you would you would be surprised if you found the bug in the carrot. You would be very surprised. Whoever heard bugs and carrots? You call Rabbi Langer. Hey, did you hear there are bugs and carrots? Maybe I expect two, but I'm surprised to find twenty. No, but you wouldn't be surprised if you found bugs bechlop. That wouldn't surprise you. That doesn't make it matzay. Matzay means is is it when you come and to find it? The the surprise is having a halachic bearing. One. One bug in raspberries. No, it's not a matter of saying now. Now again, you're thinking from the percentage side. You think like the number right, side. Well, it's not that. It's that when I find bugs in raspberries, that doesn't surprise me. I know I'm going to find bugs in raspberries. Okay. Anyhow, now 
The, usually, well, to what David said, usually there's not such an afkamina between the shittas. It usually turns out that everybody sort of agrees what's matzah and not matzah. They sort of come together. But there was one case, one case where it came up very, very interesting. Harabelsky's way of looking at it was a big cooler, okay? And he spoke this out, which was like this. I mean, uh, if, you, if you say you're surprised, then I could have a one in a hundred carrots and it's still going to be awesome. I've never seen a bag of carrots. So I have hundreds servers of carrots, still gonna be awesome. Awesome? It's mutter. No, awesome. Surprise. Surprise. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm sorry, let me again. Okay, so, so the, like no, this. No, no, I'm sorry, the other way. Okay, something is that I'm not surprised, right? Yes. I could have a hundred servings, it's gonna be awesome. Right, but not surprised me. Yeah, it's probably not gonna happen in one in a hundred servings, but yes, that's correct. If I'm not surprised by it, I'm not surprised by it. That's correct. It probably wouldn't be one in a hundred if, if you're not surprised by it, right? If lettuce, you're not. You're not, it, it's, it's, it's a, you're, you're not surprised to find bugs and lettuce. Probably won't be only one in a hundred. So what happens if you wash it? You become, now you'll be surprised? No, now it's a different, it's like a different thing. There's well, lettuce washed and lettuce not washed. Yes, it's a different thing. Yes, that's correct. Okay, so, so like this, there, there was, you know, there was a big question about whether um, the water in New York that has copepods in it, whether those copepods are us. Okay, I'm not going to talk to you about why Belsky thought that they were mutter. Okay, that would be something controversial. Okay, we're not going to go about it. But let's work with the Hanukkah that the, the bug, those copepods in the water are us. Okay, let's work with that Hanukkah. Okay, even if you'll say that, that, that it's us, sir, um, he said, is, he says, tell me. He says, there are, I think at that time, there were 8 million people living in New York. Okay, for 100 years they've been drinking the same water and nobody ever saw a bug in there. Okay, until somebody discovered it by mistake, no one ever saw it. He says, so did you ever hear such a thing? That, he says, were you surprised to see it? Yeah, for 100 years, 8 million people a day have been drinking this water and none of them ever saw a bug in it. Okay, so Taka, so he says, so it's not Matsui. He says, that tells you that this thing is not Matsui because he says, no one ever saw this. Whoever, whoever heard of a bug in there, and I mean, you walk with the person in the street still today. I'm not talking about from Yidin who are thinking about it. But to the regular guy in the street, say, do you see any bugs in your water? Of course not, my water's great. Okay, so as opposed to the bugs are there, but yeah, exactly. the bugs are there. No, it, but the reason they're not seeing it, so that's a different question, you know. No, if they're not seeing, he, he said, <clears throat> you can't tell me. They they will make all kinds of mathematical formulations of how many bugs there are per gallon to decide if it's mutsu or if it's not mutsu. He says, how can you tell me? It's, he said, he said, stop with the numbers for a second. He says, how can you tell me it's mutsu when everybody who drinks water thinks there's no bugs in it? Yeah, they're not that's seeing that's it because it's not there. there. They're not seeing it because it's too small. So you want to do math on that? It's something else. But right, the reason why they're not seeing it is because okay, mm-hmm. you'll think about it. Okay. <laughs> I'm saying yeah. it, it's water's in front of it. it, it we know it's this is water. No, nobody will see it, right? And once you point it out, then they'll notice it. No. No. Okay. Num- number three. Okay. Uh, we'll see if we can get through all ten. Number three. Okay. Um, everybody knows that if you um, if you don't cover your kalim, your food doesn't become tray. That doesn't affect the food. So if if, a, if there's a Jewish person who owns a factory and he makes food, we don't make him tell his kale, okay? We don't make him do anything except things to do with kashas. We don't tell him, we don't give you hashkacha unless you start wearing tzitzis or if you start being shayma shabbos. Because we don't, we don't sort of use our power to say, we won't give you hashkacha unless you follow some kind of a mitzvah. So we don't, we, he has a mitzvah to tell his kale. We don't tell him he has to tell his kale. We, we, the guy owns a factory. But in a restaurant, we do tell them. In a restaurant, we won't give hashkacha unless, we, unless he tells his kale. Okay, so the question is, what's the difference? Why, if, if you're a factory owner, we tell you... you, you the, guy, the guy eating is eating well, this. I'm, I'm going to come to that. It's not Chesuda. What? In a factory. 
So there's an argument that maybe <clears throat> not Klesuda. It's a question whether that's correct or not correct. In fact, I'm not talking about that. I'm assuming it is. Um, food that you use food that you use for cooking also needs to be terrible, not just things that you eat with. Um, okay, we, we can argue about whether that is Klesuda or not. Okay. <laughs> okay. So 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 first we'll do some 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 just more like a. Uh, Fuzzy reasons why we might. Okay, one one is one reason people gave it. They said is, you know, the store owner when he comes to you and says, "Rabbi, I want you to give hashgacha," he's he's counting on you to take care of all the religious obligations that have to do with this food. He's saying, "Rabbi, here, here's the money. You make my food kosher." And if that means being Thailand, it isn't from Thailand, Kalem. So it's he's sort of like counting on you, Rabbi. You know, you're doing everything for me. When he comes up to Shemayim, he's going to say, "What do you mean? I, I gave it to the CRC. I told them that they have to take care of the kosher for me. Thailand, Kalem. I don't know whatever they tell me." So we sort of feel more of an obligation as opposed to the guy in the factory doesn't have that connection to us, okay? Th- th- that reason, which is, sounds nice, <coughs> wouldn't work if the guy puts up a stink. He says, I don't want to tell you, leave me alone. I want to take, take a thousand cups to, to the mikvah, leave me alone, I want to do it, right? That wouldn't work like that. Okay, so another version is, a version of the same fuzzy kind of reason why we more mock it in restaurants is um, because hashkoch <coughs> on restaurants didn't start off with big fancy organizations with computer systems. It started with the local rav in town, and he gave hashkach on the pizza shop in town. So that rav, of course, looked out for the good of everybody. He probably encouraged the guy to b'shamir shabbos and send his kids to yeshiva. So, so, so we continue that matzah as opposed to factories is a whole different kind of stuff. Okay, that's all. Those are the, the fuzzier, warmer reasons for why we why we should be makbed in restaurants. But a simpler reason, a simpler reason is is because. There's a person going to walk into the restaurant. The person's going to walk into the restaurant. He's going to eat on those plates. Okay, if they serve on real plates, he's going to eat with a fork if, in that kind of a restaurant. So we have to title it because the yid coming in is counting on us to, to do it. Okay, where he's, when he thinks the place is kosher, means I'm allowed to eat in this place. So we're counting on him. Okay, so, but, but the, okay, so that's fine. For, he's Ivan Nesser? The person who's eating it. Yeah, he's Ivan Nesser. It's not his fork and it's not his plate. And... But you're not allowed to eat on kale that one table, you know? Okay, there's, there's an f- interesting truth from Shamsam. <laughs> I have nothing to do with today. Uh, inter- nothing to do with this. Uh, interesting truth he says is, he says, no, you're not mechuyutu. He says, because the person, it's impossible for him to table it. The owner won't let him run out to the, to the mikvah to table in the middle of the supper, so maybe he's puffed. Okay, but most people don't think like that, okay? So, so, Rebelsky said, he said, it's, he says, so that's, that's fine, that's fine for the, that's fine for the dishes that go out to the customers. He says, what about the pots? What about the pots and pans in, in the kitchen? So he says, he says, well, simple. He says, the pots and pans, our mashkiach is also going to maybe involved in the cooking also. Okay, he's going to make food bishri as well. He's going to be doing things in this in the kitchen also. So to save our mashkiach, we should make sure they table the pots and pans because... No, because he's going to be part of the cooking. He's going to be part of the cooking. I told you, most people don't accept this thing. Shum, Zam, like, you're not allowed to use kale that weren't table. So you're not allowed to eat for them. You're not allowed to eat What's it saying? No, no. If you're cooking to make dog food, that would be okay. Cooking but if for someone else to eat. This, the, same, the same way, the same way that I can't eat on a dish that wasn't titled, which is, it's a drabana. It, don't do this because we want to make sure you title things. So here, the same thing. Don't cook in this pot. If you didn't title it, because, excuse me, because we want to make sure people title their things first. Okay. Okay, now the next one. The next one is about Shemitah. Instead of telling you a psak specific to Shemitah, I don't know how much how relevant that could be. I, 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 some, this is a different angle on that. Rabelsky was would say that it's important for the people who are involved in Hashkocha to not always, there's, there's two sides of the same thing, not always take the easy way out. And we have to think of ourselves as, as being part of mainstream terrorist society 
and that people expect certain things, and, and that's how the zebra the, the does things, we need to go along with those things, even if we can come up with a reason to be make about something. And, and Shemitah was an example of that, is that even if we can come up with explanations for why something might be mutter, in Shemitah were specific examples of that, even if we can come up with reasons to be make about something, um, <clears throat> we, we need to follow, if the world thinks a certain way, if, if, if the from people think a certain way about something, we need to go along with that. He says, and to the extent he thought it would be, actually thought it would be Chil Hashem to not go along with that. Okay? If, if that's what people do, even if we can come up with our own creative reasons to be made. That's a big, yeah, I'm being vague. I'm being vague. <laughs> okay. You could use okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. Now, number five. Okay. <coughs> um, there's, there's something called, you've probably heard of it, kind of called raisin juice, um, which is, um, uh, you know, a hundred years ago when Yidin couldn't have, couldn't, afford wine, they would make wine out of raisins. And they just, you'll follow, okay, fine. Yeah, less, they, than years less than 100 yeah, years ago. And, <laughs> but he was probably doing it 100 years ago, right? <laughs> so, so he's older than you are. So, 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 so it was, so the, they, they soak raisins in water and it, it, the <coughs> juice comes out and becomes uh, like a wine. Essentially, it's a wine. Raisins are just uh, grapes, are, are dried out grapes. Okay, so let me write that. So uh, we, as, we assume, Achronim um, assume, that just like you could be mavashal wine or grape juice, and then if a guy touches it, it doesn't become water. So too, if you mavashal raisin juice, it'll also become water. Okay. So <clears throat> the question is, how do you do that bishul? So the, the, the question of how to do the bishul is <clears throat> the, the first hanacha. If you think it at first, he says, let's wait till it becomes wine, and then we'll be mavashal it, uh, and that causes a problem <coughs> if you're trying to make it commercially, make it commercially because. Um, that means that someone has to be there the whole time, okay, until when it becomes wine, and then catch it and be a at that point before a guy touches it. So people say this. They say as well, there's a Ramosha has a chua, it comes from a Rashi Menachas, if I remember, that says that you could be Mavashal wine even before it's wine. Okay, the rule in wine is that um, when grapes and the grapes and grape juice are grapes and the juice that come out of them are not considered wine until there's something called Hamshacha, until the liquid separates from the solid. Until that point, when they're all mixed together, if you squish grapes and there's still solid mixed into it, it's not considered wine. The Ramosha says, you could, but you could do the bishul before it became wine. Okay? So, I mean, you could actually whole grapes, and, and then it's considered mavushal before it's wine, which is great. If you're trying to make wine that's mavushal, because... Are you, you themselves? Yes, you mavashal it. You're, you're mavashal it before it could ever become usher. So, you're safe. If, well, if I'm, it's usher just, just being juice. I'm shacha, before I'm shacha, it's juice, it's just not Austrian, because there's juice and grapes mixed together. Yes. Raisins themselves, the grapes themselves, it's not juice. So, eat, but remember, so even the grapes you could be invited? Yes. So, okay, so, so the, and the idea was, and they, in fact, that's what they do. In fact, that's what they do in a lot of the kosher grape juice. I, I'm not talking about necessarily about grape juice you buy from a kiddush on. No, grape juice I use commercially. Does anybody argue about motions? They can't cook the grape. It's the, yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember. But um, so they do that, which is they make sure the bishul happens before hamshacha happens, and this way, so a mashgiach is there to make sure it happens correctly. But the point is, if if, he, if it's done correctly, it'll never become. It's not impossible to become trafe because before the hamshacha happened, it was already mavushal, so you're safe. There's never a time that it could have become us. So the shaila was, could you do that for raisins also? Rabelsky said no. Cook what? Cook the. What, what happens is when you put the raisins into water. In, in commercially, they do it in hot water. Cook it the minute you start. That way, it's mavushal. It'll be mavushal before you, it can ever be, became wine. It takes time until it becomes wine. We'll be mavushal quick. That way, we won't have to have, basically, we'll have to have mashkiah. We don't have lots of grapes. talking about grapes. He was talking about grapes. And the shayla here is for raisin juice. Could you do the same thing? Okay. So, um, so <coughs> Rabelsky said no. 
He said, you can't do that because, um, he says, there's a big difference between grapes and raisins. The difference is that in the grape, the juice is there. Okay, if you squeeze your grape, you get the juice comes out of it. When you squeeze your raisin, you get nothing. Okay, there's no juice inside of the raisin. There's sugar in the raisin, and if we let it soak, it'll eventually mix with the water and turn into juice. But as it stands today, there's no juice here. Okay, right? As it's some juice, otherwise it's not awesome. Okay, it, if it's super, super dry, then it's then it's, it's not considered wine. But you've never seen a raisin like that. Okay, you any raisin that you ever saw that wasn't that dry. I I saw the ones that super dry like that that qualified. But yeah, Are they edible? Are they edible? The juice come on, there. edible. No, there's no juice in it. Squeeze a raisin. Nothing's going to come out of it. Mush will come out of it. Well, sugar. Why does it taste good? Obviously, because it's... No, no, because what happens is the sugar that's in the raisin and whatever else is in there mixes yeah, with water. Moisture. Moisture too, but that's not what ta- that's not what you're drinking raisin juice. You're drinking that stuff mixed with water, turns itself back into it, like recreates a juice out of it. It's like a concentrate that's turning back into juice. But as the same time, he said, no, this is not a juice. Okay? That's what Rubelsky said. He says you can't be too, you can't be involved. You have to wait till it becomes juice. Somebody so, 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 no, put raisins in hot water and cook it. So you're, you're cooking it then? No, no, you put raisins in it. You're right. If you, would, if you would cook it, if you would cook it the whole time, that's not what in practice was happening. It's just putting it into warm water. It's not holding by Bischel yet. And that's the, that's the, 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 plan, the plan was... The still works. The still works to cook it as it goes in. Yes, I'm, I'm going to get to that, that idea in a second. The question here was to do the first second. If I could wash it the first second... And stop. The point... The point would be is, I'm the wash at the first second. It, let's, let's make up a number. Let's say it takes an hour until it becomes wine. Until it becomes wine. If I could be washed at the first second, then basically I don't have to have much gift at all. I know it's going to always be mavushal before, because that's just the way it works. It gets mavushal before it gets to be wine. Okay? So someone, someone asked Rabbi Yashev, and Rabbi Yashev did not agree with Belsky on this. Uh, Rabbi Yashev said, no. He said, the reason why mavushal is, can't become treif is because it has to do with whether it's royal lumizbeach, he says, and things that are cooked are not royal misbeh. And he says, and cooked grapes are not royal misbeh either. Uh, Rebelski did not agree with that. Um, I don't know why, but he didn't agree with that. So what? Prime okay, right? Does what? Cook the raisins. This is a prime okay raisin juice. Okay. I'm going to talk to you about that separately. <laughs> what that is. They, yeah, they try to cook it. Uh, okay. They have to do the next part, okay? So, so they don't cook. They're not trying to cook when it's raisins specifically. Okay, so... Um, according to Rabbi Yashiv, it would have been easy. Like I've been saying, you just cook it before it starts. Okay, Rabuski didn't go with that. Rabuski said another thing, and that was that not only do you have to be eventually after it becomes juice, he said, but, I'm sorry, not, sorry, I'll stay in this thing. You have to be eventually once it becomes wine. Okay, when does it become wine? Okay, so when you soak raisins in water, Achorinim uh, say, it sits for three days is when it's considered that it became wine. After it soaks for three days, it becomes wine. Okay, whatever that means. Well, what about when, and commercially, they don't let it soak. They put it into hot water and make it happen faster. So at what point did it cross the line from being not wine to being yes wine? For, for juice, we know what it is. When there's a hamshacha, when the liquid separates from the solid. At what point is it, has enough stuff come out that makes it solid? It's very unclear. Commercial, it, it, American law says when something hit, hits 18 and a half bricks, that's when it's considered to be Single-strength juice, okay? So some bureaucrat decides that's what it is. But what does it do with, what's the din? At what point do we say enough juice came out to mevush? And the point is, that takes an hour, two hours, or 12 hours. At some point, till that point, someone's got to be there to say, when you cross the line, I make sure it's mevush. Until then, no guy can touch it, okay? So that's, it's, it's a, very, that's a very unclear issue. Well, if you let it cook the whole time, it's fine. 
But no, they don't let it cook the whole time. They don't want it to cook. I don't remember the technicalities. They don't want it to cook the whole time. At some point, you'll raise the temperature to be mavashlet, but they don't, I don't remember what. But they don't want to cook it the whole time. Okay. Uh, the last thing he threw in was, Boski said, it also has to be washed on a clear region. It doesn't help to be mavashlet just by being in hot water. That made extra complications to it. Anyhow, so. So, so to, you follow that's this? pretty partial. What? That's pretty partial if you're not clear region, you're not mavashlet. Okay, so, so yeah, the, the OU stuff was made like is made like that. Other people did it other ways. Okay. Next, um, we know that it's hard to be uh, mafreshchala for um, factories that are far away. Uh, we have no yid who's there every day to every time they make a batch, <coughs> pull off a, a little piece of dough and say Harry's your truma. Um, so this there's this tevam system, which is we make a batch of dough. And we, and in the case, I'm sorry, the way they do it is they make a batch, a batch of matzah, and they bake matzah, and they're not mafresh <coughs> It's matzah that needs hafresh chala, they're not mafresh And then, you say, every day I take a little piece, I say a little piece, let's say the, the matzah, uh, a box of matzah has 454 grams in it, so every day I say one gram of that should be for, for the next, for the next lisha, and then I, I now have, <coughs> I could 454 times, can I be mafresh on the things that are going on in this remote bakery? Okay, so there's two two steps that have to happen for that to work. Okay, step number one is you have to say it's okay to be marfish challah from one batter on another batter. That's what's going on. You say this matzah on the cookies that are being made in that factory. That's one thing. That's not we're not we're talking about now. The second step is that you have to make an assumption that after I'm marfish on one gram from that box of matzah, the other 453 grams are not are still tebel. Okay, the one gram that I that, that just became challah for that is not affecting the other gr- dough that's here sitting here in this box. Because if it did, then I'd only have one chance to do this. I wouldn't have 454 times, so I only have one time to do it. In other words, even though I'm definitely having my favorite, the rest should be made not besukin, maybe it doesn't that's work. A, right, right. So that, that, I'm making that assumption that I can make, say, this one piece is chal, is chal for that, but not for this bag. Why is that? Why is it? Is that Dallas and So, so... It's one dough. It's one dough. So, Rav Miller said... He says, well, this is Makar Chaim, who says that it doesn't work. It's not true. He says this, and, and the, the logic of it is, the logic of it is that what, you can actually do that for Truma. There's such a thing. You can do that for Truma. He says it makes sense that for Truma, I could be marfish one apple on that batch of apples, but not for these. And the reason is because in, in Truma, the apples have nothing to do with each other. There's 100 apples in front of me. Okay, Those 100 apples in front of me have nothing to do with each other. So if I'm offering one apple on, on some apples in the next room, what's it? these apples are not affected. Not, there's nothing that unites these apples together. Say if I was offering on one, automatically the other one should be included. But in Chala, they're very much connected. You're not hiding in Chala until you have all the things together and a certain share. It has, it, there's a unit over here. So if I'm offering on one, or mafish on one part of that unit, then the rest of the unit is, it has higher fresh also. There's nothing left to it. Okay? You so, know that he agrees that Shachan Tabs on the group. I'm coming to that, though. I'm coming to that. <laughs> okay. So, so, too smart, though. Especially Hafrash's Chal. I shouldn't start up with even Hafrash's Chal. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so, so to that, Rabelsky said, he says, he says, I don't understand. He says, how could the Makar Chaim say that? He says, how can he say such a thing? He says, it's a Beferish Mishnah that you're allowed to do it. In Chal, okay? A Mishnah about Chal, that you're allowed to be Marfish from one piece one with, and doesn't affect the whole rest of the thing. You could be Marfish from one or the other one. He says, how can the Makar Chaim say it? 
So he said, Brosky says, I'll, I'll tell you the answer. I'll tell you the answer why the Mukar Chaim is not, not like a Beferish Mishnah. It's a Beferish Mishnah that you're allowed to do that. Okay, I wouldn't know that, but he knows that. So it's, it's a Beferish Mishnah. He said, the difference is that the Mukar Chaim is talking about you being mafresh one part of a batter on half of the batter, but not the other half. He says, once you're mafresh on part of the batter, you can't not be mafresh on the rest of it. He says, the, the Mishnah is talking about I'm being mafresh from one piece from here on a batter of a different batter. So then, I'm not touching this batter. This batter is staying chulin. If this batter stays chulin, I'm only being mafresh on the other batter, and they're making that one into, into, into chulin. I'm sorry, this one stays tevel. I'm being mafresh on that one, that it should become chulin. That works. He says, the Makar Chaim is talking about when I'm being mafresh on one piece, on half of what I have to make it chulin. I can't say half of it is chulin, and the other half is still, is still tevel. That's what I can't do. Otherwise, he says, Makar Chaim couldn't say such things. It's not like Barfer Shemesh. Okay, so Rebelsky, and therefore Rebelsky said, so therefore in our case, that's what we're doing. We're taking a piece of the matzah to be hafrasha on the cookies that they're making in the factory and no shayachas to each other. Okay, so before we go on, just two dangerous things based on what Rebelsky just said. Just two things to bear in mind. Okay, that is if you use tevel matzah, but I'm about to say tevel matzah instead of what we do, we use tevel dough. We make our own little batter of dough for this bakery. When you use tevel matzah, two things. First of all is, what Belsky is saying is, is that it only it works if because you're being mafresh on a different batter. He says, what happens? Now think what happens. The people who make this tevel matzah, they don't make it for me. They make thousands of pounds of tevel matzah and they distribute it all over the place to all these different hashkachas who want to use this system, all the different factories that want to use the system. So what happens if one guy in Tuscaloosa decides that he's mafresh and he does it wrong? And he's mafresh it on the matzah itself. He gets hungry. One Shabbos. Oh my gosh, we're out of matzah for Shabbos. He says, you know what? I'll just be mafresh on some of that tevel matzah. And then I'll be able to eat it. And he makes that fresh on it. Okay? So he was just mafresh on within the batter itself. According to what is saying. The whole thing is messed up. Now the whole country just got messed up. Because this one guy decided that he needed matzah for Shabbos. So he was mafresh on his things. And he just messed it up for everybody. He says, if the only cool is, that if you're mafresh on a different batter, if you're mafresh on this one, you just handed this batter out to hundreds of people. It's all over the place. Okay, so we're taking a chance of someone messing it up by, by being mafresh on itself. Second is that it's not just a random guy who decided he needed, he wanted to be mafresh on himself. It sort of happens automatically. I'm not saying for sure, but it seemingly happens automatically. And that's like this. You have this bakery that makes these tevel matzahs. Okay, the bakery finishes making tevel matzahs. They have a problem because their kalim are treif. Their kalim have bleas of tevel in them. So how could, what do they do? So they could cash the kale. They could cash the bacon. Next time you're mafish on the next door, you're mafish on the blia. So what they oh. do is they're mafish on the blia. That's what they do. So the way they solve the problem, they could cash it or they could be mafish on the blia. Well, Belsky just says, if you if you make a hafrasha on part of the bed. Anytime a lady forgot to hafrasha before the door when she baked, we can... No, listen, I, I'm telling you, so you could be mafish on the blia. But when you're mafish on the blia, you would just mafish on part of the batter, the, the part that's below. From a different batter, though. The, the, the point here he's saying it, is, the Makar Chaim just said was, in the batter itself, once part of it becomes chulin, the whole thing is chulin. Even if you're not taking from this thing. You don't yeah, the, right. It's, the point is, uh, but you're mafresh on a different one. No, that's why I'd be mafresh. It's it, different by one. This is my master now. This is... No, but the point, the, the, what the Makar Chaim said was, is that uh, when, chal, is, chal is a group. Once it's united, you can't separate one piece from the other. Once it's united, it's, it's either chulin or tevel. It can't be half and half. They're, they're mafresh on, what, on their bliyas, but I own the matzah I have. But, it, but they, would, they, would, they, would, they would group together by the fact that they became chayv chayv together. That's what unites them, as opposed to the apples of truma. They're all united together. So once they're united, they, they, you can't, that's the point of the Karchayim. You can't separate them. 
Okay, so once you'd be mafish on the plea like you're supposed to, they would be mafish on the, hopefully on the plea to make the Kalim kosher again. They messed it up for everybody. Okay, so they, maybe the good news is, I'm, I'm not sure, this will answer my two questions or just solve that problem. But it happens to be, Rosham Milam points us out, as the Rukhaim as Rizor, who actually talks about the Mishnah in, in Chala, um, who says is that the Makar Chaim himself says, he says, you know, lots of people disagree with me, and in the end, the Makar Chaim himself says it's not true. And the Makar Chaim himself is Mako to say <coughs> um, that you don't have to be Makar on this. Um, so maybe that'll solve our other problems also. Maybe even in the case where it's done for himself, he'll be Mako and say that it's not such a problem. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay, now on to Shrita. Um, the, 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 in in an animal or a, or a bird, the leg, the, the, the muscles in the toes are controlled by um, these different tendons. We call them tsumsa gidin. They're gidin. They're these things that connect the, the, the muscle to the toes. And the, the, it's a tsumsa gidin because they, they all join together at one spot. It's mostly geared to us in, in birds and chickens. And they join together at the bottom of the polka. <clears throat> okay, they all come together at the bottom, <coughs> at the pointy side of the polka. Okay? And then, if, if, if you don't have it at home, but the chicken has, you know, the rest of its leg is up below it, or the foot is below it, so it continues there, out, and then goes out to the toes. And <coughs> the din says that there are 16 of them. Uh, we don't actually see 16, but the din says there are 16 of them. If those, that assumes that gidin gets, if any of the gidin get ripped over there in certain spots, then the animals are trained. Okay, so um, there isn't much in Chuba's farm about this issue because it's not very common. Not such a common thing to, in Lamaisa to happen that should be a cut to Masagidin. But, excuse me, in Eretz Yisrael, it seems that it's pretty common. No, pretty common to have it. And Eretz Yisrael, that they're torn. I'm sorry, that there's a problem. Yeah, I'm going to tell you in a second why. <clears throat> so, so, so in Eretz Yisrael, it's pretty common that it happens. So in Eretz Yisrael, the Shritas check it. They check for tumors again, just like they check other things. Different other things are checked because it's common, and therefore they check for them. In America, nobody checked because it never happened. It was very unusual that it should be a problem. Nobody ever bothered checking it. Okay, until one day there was a shaykhid who was who had been had learned in Eretz Yisrael, so he was familiar with it. And one of the ways they check in Eretz Yisrael, in some places, is instead of checking the actual tumors again, they just watch them go by on the line, and you could see if there's a swelling, a certain kind of swelling on the foot. Somehow they know that that means that it has a problem with tumsagid. Okay, so this guy who had, was used to that, he would see the swelling, he would know that's what it was. He started seeing it in the chickens in American factories. Okay, swelling the live chicken. In I don't know what difference if it's live or dead. It's not as the chickens passing by, yeah, okay. yeah, he would just see them passing by. I don't know if they were alive or dead at that point, but whatever it was, he would see that. Okay, so uh, if they were alive, you could tell also they can't move their toes. Oh, so what? If it's a lot, I don't know if you could tell. What it's, if it's, can you see them moving? That I don't know if you could tell. Um, the way they check it, the, the, the more official way to check it is, um, is that they, they make a, a slice, uh, a vertical slice. Think about a slice that goes like from the pointy part of the poker going up towards the thicker part, like, a, like a, uh, two, three inches. And if you slice it open, you could see the gid in there. If, if we were doing just that, I would have brought them in for you, a, piece of chicken, a raw piece of chicken for you. And, and you could see the gid in. And what you do is... Um, you pull them up, and you, oh, for, two things. First of all, if you look at them, if you pull them out, you could see if any of them are ripped. You would see if they're whole or ripped. If you do it when the, when the bottom is still attached, you could actually wiggle the toes by that, okay? But you don't have to do that. You just, you know, pull them up, and you could see whether they're ripped or they're whole or not, okay? So this person started noticing that it was in America, they were having, he was seeing more and more of them. Um, so eventually, they brought it to people's attention, <coughs> um, and they found out that 
there's different reasons why what causes it, what teens that causes it. One has to do with the way the chickens are raised, like like how much room they have to move around and things like that. Um, maybe that has to do with why in Eretz it's worse than here. It has to do with different ways of raising chickens. But in, in America, it turned out that what was going on was is that they had changed some of the um, vaccinations, I think it was. They changed how they were taking care of the chickens. And when the places that had changed um, caused this kind of a problem. Okay, somehow the the thing they were doing over here was causing problems with Tzum Sagidin. Um, and they were eventually able to isolate and figure out that's what, what the problem was. It was a lot of work. It was Seth Mandel and, and OU people who did a lot of looking into things to figure out what's going on. And eventually they figured out this is what the problem was and the farm stopped doing it and instantly the problem went away. Okay? They, they, some, it, it, that just took me 30 seconds to say that. It took them months to figure that out. But eventually they were able to point to a specific thing that had changed and when they stopped, they undid that change, everything went back to normal. Okay? So, Rebelsky said that that's fine. Now, now things were back on the control. He says, but now we've been alerted to this idea that things could change like that. Um, so he said, from now on, they should check um, batches, check samples of uh, birds that come in to see if they have tumors like eating. Now, my saying is like this. Some people did not like that. Some people said is, we're going to check every single chicken. And there are some shritas that check every, now in America, they check every single chicken for tumors like eating like they do in Eretz Okay, Rebelsky said, no, you didn't have to do that. You could just do sampling. And <clears throat> what they do is, the place to do the sampling, what they'll do is, if a, if a batch of chickens is going to come, there's going to be 10,000 chickens going to come. Before the 10,000 show up, they bring 100 of them, or however the number is, and they check those to see if there's a problem with tumors like them. Okay? So <clears throat> just, just in that <coughs> idea that you should do sampling, is actually, the Ramah says, you're not, it comes from a Raj, but you're not allowed to do sampling. Sampling is not good enough. If you have vegetables, let's say you have, a, I, don't, I said 10 lettuces, you have 10 lettuces, and I check seven of them, and there's not one bug in them, I can't eat the other three of them. I have to check the other three also. If it's right, so so one reason why in this case the sampling is okay is because it's not matzui. Okay, that whole thing is assuming this matzui in the first place. Okay, here it's not matzui. And the second thing is it's a little more uh, detailed, but more important, and that is the um, this comes from chayadam that this that we say that you now do sampling is only when the sampling. When we're trying to see are the bugs, let's say in this case, is a bug in the lettuce or not? So I say, if I do my sampling, uh, the fact that there was no bugs in seven of them doesn't mean there's no bugs in the other three. He says, but if the sample that I do will tell me that the, these are a different type of lettuce, okay? In the case, in the Chayodim, it's about chametz. Ramosha talks about it for, I want to make sure that they put DDT on these vegetables. If I check the vegetables and I expect all lettuce, let's say, will have 10 bugs in a head, and I find none, then that none tells me that they put DDT on here, that they, that they sprayed it to get rid of the bugs, or else there would be six, seven, eight, nine, some kind of amount of it. But to be zero would mean, so the, the sampling tells me not that this, whether there's bugs or not. It tells me that this is like a different sug of lettuce. This is a lettuce that was sprayed as opposed to lettuce that was not sprayed. Oh, once I know that, then I'm fine. I don't have to worry about that. Okay? So the, the Chayadim says it for Indian Chomets. Do, do I worry about the grains got water, got water on them? It tells me whether it got rained on or didn't get rained on. And then once I do that, now I don't have to worry about um, is there chametz or is there not chametz? Because I know it didn't rain. So if it didn't rain, so I have nothing to worry about. Okay, so over here also, if I take a sample and I see no problems in that, then I say, hey, these guys raised their chickens like they've always been raising them. It, it teaches me how this farm is operating. Once I know how the farm operates, then it's those kind of chickens rather than those kind of chickens. Right? Was that arguing check everyone because you disagree with No, they just they just they said once we got scared, they said we just could be mocked. We'll do like an artisanal. We'll move from you know. So probably if the 
these ones that are my first check, if you keep checking and checking, you don't find out if you don't find anything, they're gonna say, so what are we doing? They they find like 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 maybe one percent or less than that, you know. So so they're saving, there's certain funds that are, that, are, that were really trade or potentially trade. They're not finding a tremendous amount. The guys who are checking a lot are still not finding a lot. Um, they find, but they check, you know. So, um, give you a parnasa. Anyway, okay. <laughs> one one other thing about other thing about about shrita. I know I'm doing two things, but I'm going I'm to try to wind down. We're, we're getting there. Uh, is um, the Ramos says that kamat all the chaylev is in the back half of the all the chaylev derises in the back half of an animal. Also, the back half of the animal has um, the gidhanosha, and therefore. Um, uh, because of these kind of things, um, there are lots of places that only use the front half of the animals. So, and there's a question: Is that that it's like is it is it a minig to not use the front half of the animal to not use the back half of the animal because all the chelav is in the all, all the chayv, almost all the chelav rice is in the back and the gibnosh is in the back, or it's not it's not a minig. It's just it's a lot of work. Okay, all that work. For, for not so much meat to get out of it, it's not kadai, it's a financial decision. It's not worth the pachka in order to get it. But in din, if you want to do it, it's okay. It's not, Why would not tell us a financial decision? The Ramah is not talking about, not telling you not to do it. He doesn't say don't do it. He just, he points out that almost all the chayl, the Ramah, it's an exception, he says. One exception is in this, this spot, in your pastrami. That's this chayl, that could be the right, so that's in the front half. He, he's coming from that angle. It's just, he's just making the point, which is the truth, that almost all the chayl, the rice is in the back, and, and therefore, so, so the question is, is it really a minig or is it not a minig nowadays? And there's different people have looked at it differently. I believe Schwartz said that he considers that it is a minig. In America, the, in America, the minig is to not use the back half of the animal. And that would, all this is negated, that part would be negated if someone comes along and says, I want to do it. I'm willing to go through the effort to get my filet mignon and I want to do it. So that was a question, would you let the person or would you not let the person? Okay. But <clears throat> Rabelsky said <clears throat> he didn't want you to, to use hindquarters. But um, he spoke to Ryasha about it and said, Ryasha said to him that if the if you're doing if you're want to use the hindquarters from deer, he told him you'd be allowed to use it because deer chelav is not also at all. It's just a matter of get hanasha. So this, even if you want to think that there's a minic to not use hindquarters, that's only because of chelav and get hanasha. If you're talking about a deer where there's only a chalav of a chaya's mutter, you only have a child of gitanasha, he says, okay, so if you know how to be monaka gitanasha or you stay far away from that part of the animal, then you're going to end. I believe they did that. Deer's expensive. It's the, the effort is worth it. Okay. Um, okay. A long time ago, in the, in the 1980s, there, there was rumors that you couldn't use farberware pots because they smear them with animal fat. Maybe maybe pig fat. I don't remember. Animal, some kind of animal fat. They smear them when they make the, the pots. So um, <clears throat> I don't even know if Rebelski was working at the OU at that point. But Rebelski went to the farmware factory um, to learn about it, uh, and he said, "Well, at the beginning when they make the pots, in fact, they put they do smear fat onto it, but then they put it into an oven at 1300 degrees and they had leibun, so it was safe. So that early part, that's with no problem. But then after they finished making the pots." The inside of the pot, they they um, buff without anything on it, just with just brushes or whatever it was. So that's not a problem. But on the outside, in fact, they put um, they put some lubricant on while they're sh- cleaning while they were uh, polishing the outside of the pot, uh, and that that stuff that they put on was ten percent animal fat. Okay, meaning ten percent trif. Um, so that should sound is like you shouldn't be allowed to use it. If it's ten percent trafe, then we have a problem. <clears throat> so Rebelsky came up with three reasons why it should be mutter. Uh, 
we're not, I, it's not so, I don't know whether they still make farber the same way as they do, I doubt it, but I'm just saying just because of, listen to the reason that he came up with. Okay, first is, he said is, that lubricant that they put on is not Roy Lachil. How did he know? He had one of the Goyim in the plant taste it, and the guy tasted it and said, it's not Roy Lachila. He said, once the guy's allowed to taste it, this is a Shiloh, we talked about it in, in tasting, once the guy tasted it, then he was allowed to taste it, <coughs> and he tasted it and said, Taco, it's not Roy Lachila. Okay, so we're not some the guy, we saw him the guy to let the Yid taste it, and then the Yid tasted it and he said, it was not Roy Lachila. Second is, he said, um, <coughs> he measured how much lubricant gets put onto the pot, and compared that to how much the volume of the inside of the pot is, and calculated that it was a clear that was usher shamish b'shefa, because the amount of isa that was absorbed would for sure be bottle b'shishin. No matter how you use the pot, it would always be bottle b'shishin, because he calculated how much was in the outside versus how much comes to the inside. And his last reason to be mekel was, um, he says that the... He figured no matter how much you put into the pot, because the, 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 the buffing is on the, on the outer walls, so there's only, there's only that much into it, you know? I don't even know if they, I don't know if they did the bottom. Maybe they had to do with it. Why they didn't, they only do the sides, not the bottom. So it's a part, huh? The, the third thing is that it's not put on hot, but the, 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 the polishing itself, the friction of it causes it to get to 275 degrees. So there's potential here for bleer. But he said that when he watched it and he played around with it, he found out that it cooled off instantly. Okay, and the friction that was caused, caused the heat up, but it, 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 um, it, Got off, the heat went away right away. So he said that has a din of a klisheni. Hagam that is being heated up, so to speak, in itself. He said it has a din of a klisheni, but yet there's no tam. He says that for sure to say in a klisheni, even if we're chayshish for tam, is only kadei klipa. Well, that's the wall of the pot. So he says it'll be bottle, and you don't have to worry about. It. Okay. So just, that was just a. Okay. If I, if I can, I'm going to do two more. What? No, no, no. You're, you're using the pot in your house. So, so I guess he bit less like he talked about the Asli Shamish He got away with that, you know. He says uh, the Blihir is only. Yeah, if you like the Yes, we'll get to that. Not not today, a different day. Yes, okay. Let's. Uh, I'm going to try to do this one quickly. Okay, Th- there's a, there's a. You might know, um, a shita. Before we get to shita, if a cow is a trefer, you know, I'll drink the milk from that cow. Okay. <clears throat> um, the the so because of that usually we assume that a cow is not a trefer. I milk a cow and I take the milk out of it. The cows I'm assuming not a trefer. Roy Bahamas are not tra- are not trefers. I'm assuming my cow is not a trefer. I'm allowed to drink from it. So Rav Shafta said he said that's really nice. <clears throat> that's really nice. If I go to one cow or two cows, I have a, you know a bunch of cows on my farm and I get out, I take out the milk. He says, but um, in in a in a big farm, there's let's say a, a, a thousand cows give their milk into one tank. That holds six thousand gallons. Okay, give or take. That's that's like one a thousand cows for that. He says so. The chances that there are no trafers on there are, he said, infinitesimal. It happens to be it's one out of five with forty-five zeros after it. Okay, the chance that there are no trafers in there is okay. It's how like, many cows? A thousand, in a thousand. That there should be no trafers. You just say the different words. How many of those thousand have trafers? If to say that zero of those cows are trafers right. is almost so impossible. In reality. In, re- yes. in reality, wait a second. And to, so now he says, okay, but one trafer wouldn't be a problem. If there'd be one trafer in there, one trafer's milk would be traf, would be bottle. He says, but there would have to, <clears throat> what happens if there's 17 cows? Otherwise, you don't have a thousand. You don't have 60. You have a bit of a shisha, right? Punch those numbers, man. Say it again? Yeah, I don't know why you don't have a thousand, because that would be, you have to figure out is there bittle in 60 cows? That's what it is. Right, so, but That's if, what it is. If, of these thousand cows, the, the, if I pick up one cow, I say, Roy Bahamas are not trafers. 
I pick two cows, where behem is not shepherds? What if I take a thousand cows? Can I say of those thousand cows, all of them are not shepherds? Yeah. So the, the important question is whether I don't. I would have fit, I would have fittle. So, so I'm about to say. So, so out of a thousand cows, to say that it's not bottle, bottle I have to have they have to be seventeen less than seventeen cows that would be cheapest. Okay. For that I'm coming to you you're way too smart for me, David. I'm coming to that in one second. So 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 he said so that works out to be five the chances are five in one with twenty six zeros after it. Okay, I don't. I, the other one I had a, a word. It's called the other one is called a quadroterodactylian. Okay, in case you want to know what there's right, a number. I crunched those numbers and I had to can't give them. Okay, so, so he's saying that it's all. It is likely that it's it's it not. It's for sure. They're for sure, seventeen. That's for seventeen. I mean that the, no, the amount. For sure, nothing. No, nothing. Could all. You know, all thousand can be fine. All yeah. thousand can be trade. There's, there's all probability. Laws of probability. Right. The probability, laws of probability says that, in other words, the, the chance of there being not, that the trade milk is not bottled is essentially zero. Okay? The chances are essentially zero. Okay? Milking cows in general have higher percentages. That's a question. That's not today's discussion. Well, Roy Behemoth's rule of trade is. That's the second issue. That's, not, that's not today. So, so he said, so Mamela, so, 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 so you can't eat it. If you, if, you, if you want to drink milk from one cow or two cows or five cows, then that's okay. If you want to drink milk from a thousand cows, which is what we drink, he says he's not allowed to do that. Okay? So, so, so whether it's the rice, put the rice on the side. Okay, so, <clears throat> so that, Rebelsky said is, he says that the, 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 this idea to say like this is mixing up two different sets of rules. He says there's, there's two different ways, types of, uh, of ways we cheshben things being bottle or not bottle. One is when we know there's isser in front of us. We sort isser fall into something, then we have we have certain kinds of rules. We have barriers, uh, all kinds of rules like that when we know we have isser in front of us. He says, but when we just have something statistical, that's a rubital, like David said, a rubital lesser come on, and a rubital lesser come on, then the rule is, this is called the parish and roiv. Okay, we don't we don't think about uh, we, uh, what happens to the fact that it's a barrier, what happens to the fact that it has to be bought to Bashishim. It doesn't work like that. He says, so since this is a rubric lesser come on, it's just a statistical assumption that there's going to be that many trade cows, we're allowed to assume every one of those cows, and the din says every one of those cows is kosher, and we don't have to worry about that there were trade in the Hagan that we know statistically that if we cut open those thousand cows, we will for sure find 17 that are trade. We're going to find way more than that. That's the truth. Um, but um, we're allowed to, we're allowed to, to assume that none of them are trade. Okay, last, last is, um, I'm going to talk about uh, emulsifiers. Okay, so in certain cases, an, an emulsifier um, could be a Dover Amayimid. Lots and lots of cases, emulsifier is not a Dover Amayimid because it's not Osamachmas Atzmoy, because it's not inherently trafe, or it doesn't do something that qualifies. But in cases, there are cases where it would be. So, um, Rebelski was Machalak as follows. He said like this, and it's based on a, on a Hartzvi. He's like this. He said, the Hartzvi's case was <clears throat> a person put in um, alcohol into sweet wine. Okay? The way we would say that he was making port. Okay? Fortified wine. Fortified wine. Port. Okay? He, he was taking, he was taking, he took wine. It was in the, pro- grape juice was in the process of becoming wine. So it was still partially sweet and partially alcoholic. You put in a lot of alcohol into it, and now it stops the fermentation process. So the, 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 the wine that you have now in front of you still has a lot of sweetness in it, a lot of sugar left in it that never turned into alcohol because it stopped, because the, 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 the yeast stopped functioning because there was so much alcohol in there. Okay. So he said, <clears throat> he said that al- if that alcohol had been traded that you put in, it would not be considered a Dover <clears throat> And the reason is because a Dover 
only means, a double mind means when you make something that should happen. But if you just prevent something from happening, that's not considered a double mind. So in this case, the alcohol stops the sugar from fermenting further. That, that's not considered a mind. It mind would be as if it made a change from X to Y, then that's a double mind. Over here, it just stopped the process. Stopping the process is not considered a mind. So Robosky said like this. He said, if you, if you make peanut butter, and you, when, you, when you grind the peanuts and you make peanut butter out of them, if you don't do anything, the oil and the solids will separate. Okay? If you go to certain stores where they sell peanut butter that doesn't have emulsifiers in it, it separates. <clears throat> you have to stir it before you eat it because the solids and the, and the oil separate from each other. Okay? So over there, he said, that, that emulsifier is not considered the Ramayim because it prevents separation, but it's not doing anything. It's not doing anything. It means is that in three days from now, instead of seeing what you, what you, put, what, what you see now, you'll see something different. So that's, that's not considered the Ramayim. He says, but if you make a salad dressing, and you put the oil and vinegar into the dressing, that for one second they're together, but in, 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 basically, instantly, they will go from being mixed together to being not mixed together. He says that is considered the Ramayim because it, it basically makes a big change. Even though for one second they're really mixed together, before we put the emulsifier in, Malamaisa, it makes this big change that it used, instead of having just uh, uh, oil and oil and vinegar separated from each other, it puts them together. That's considered the Ramayim. So, so the point is that 